My name is Matt Brown. And let's start the show. Pink this, tell me you cook this, something. What's going on, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, December 20th. That's right, December 20th, 2023. We have a very, very good NFL productive conversation for you. We are at the home stretch of the entire calendar year, and we have some important NFL information to discuss. And before we get into all of that, I want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, X and Twitter at ProdCobblePod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So that's right. This is episode 298. 298 episodes of this podcast. Can you believe we have gotten to this point? It is a blessing and there will be a lot to celebrate. And yeah, let us get to the big 300 in a couple of weeks. And, you know, not to get on a somber note right away, but as I mentioned, December 2023 has been a difficult month for the show. And I mentioned last week. We had to switch gears for the rest of the month because one of our co-hosts lost his father. And it was um, revealed and became official to the public that our great friend, you know, one of my best friends, uh, my oldest friend, someone very important to me, and his family is very important to me, Ryan Page, his father passed away from after a long battle with cancer. And it's... No doubt, it just—it it, was—it was very difficult and sad to hear, hear that. And when we were preparing to do our tweet cap during the second week of December, that's when I got the call that things were not looking good. And um, he battled for one more week after that, and um, he peace—he unfortunately left this world last week. The funeral is going to be on Thursday, so no show. This will be our only show this week. And beyond anything to the Page family, our condolences from Productive Conversations. We are so heartbroken and very sad about what happened to the amazing person known as Terry Page. And there's no doubt in my mind that Terry will always have a great, presence in this world for the page family he will always look down and protect his loved ones and i'm we're just here for ryan his his brother colin his sister riley his mother lisa and all the amazing pages and salernos and all that and it, it i mean this is no doubt the hardest thing this podcast has had to talk about and we obviously made changes because of that out of respect for ryan and you know with the holiday season happening too it it really was a perfect storm but you know 
we will say our final goodbyes to Terry at the end of the week. So this will be our final show. This will be our only show this week, our final show of the week and our only show. And then we'll start actually getting back to normal next week. So we will get back to it on Tuesday doing our NFL show. And believe me, I'm going to be tired. I'm going to work retail the day after Christmas specifically in a return center so um that'll be fun but i still have time to record the show they're not they my shift isn't during recording time so we will get back to it on tuesday to record and then release our regularly scheduled nfl show next week and then um, we have something planned for our 300th episode so we originally had a, a 300th episode planned a special show the 300th show was supposed to be this this week that that's when the schedule had it for a 300 show but after what happened with ryan's father we had to obviously pivot and make some changes which is totally okay but that will actually allow our 300th episode to be at the end of next week it'll either drop on thursday or friday we're still working that out i am happy to say that ryan will join us the first thing, you know, I had, I gave Ryan his space after what happened last week, and I miss the guy. I love talking to that guy. I love that guy so much. But, you know, after everything that happened and everything that went on, Ryan, the first thing Ryan actually said, and he said he might want to take some time off, and I mentioned that might happen, and I totally understand, but he said he wants to come back already and that's when i that was one moment i realized this show is going to be something and how important it is not only for the creators but obviously for you the audience the most important part and the fact that he's willing to come back to the audience and join the willing to come back to talk to the audience and entertain and everything it was very 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 special to hear and we will not take that for granted and it's funny how that's going to wind up being our 300th show. And that will end 2023, which has been, I think, a really... It's been a great year for the show. But, you know, it's had its ups and downs. When we're not recording, there's still a, a very difficult world out there. And 2023 took a lot out of us. At least it got a lot of me and my and the world around me. But it make it's it's humbling and fitting that the three hundred show after what happened with Ryan and his family, the three hundred show is gonna be the show that he comes back. It'll be the final show of twenty twenty three. And as we enter our fourth year of this show and we are continuing to grow and I actually got an email today from somebody that might allow the show to expand even more you know more details to come as the weeks go on but when ryan said he wants to come back the first thing our first conversation post everything was wanting to come back to the show i i knew at that moment that we got something special here and i only hope that it can be the escape ryan wants and needs and through that we will create amazing content and we will entertain the greatest fans and listeners in the world we love you so much our condolences to the page family and life is something else man and don't don't take it for granted you don't know what tomorrow brings it's beautiful that we get a chance to have a tomorrow but once you get it make the most of it 
So just to switch gears, we're going to go with the NFL. We're going to do our NFL show this week. We're about to talk about week 15 in the NFL season, make our picks for week 16, and then we'll move on from there. Oh, I also did get a message. I heard from Nico. He is planning to come back in the next couple of weeks. So we have open arms for Mr. Nocera there. And yeah, I can't believe what December and what November 2023, December 2023 has been for the show where we've had people leave the show, where we had tragedy happen in some of our host's lives and trying to keep floating and everything. And we're here, we're pushing, and we're still going to make quality content. So let us make some quality content right now or I speak with the great Hayden Nather to talk about week 15 in the NFL season, make picks for week 16, and we'll have a lot more fun after that. So here we go. This is my productive conversation with the great Hayden Nadler on week 15 in the National Football League. All right, let's do it, Hayden, you and me. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. I'm so happy we are all here to discuss week 15 in the NFL. It's been quite a few weeks for everybody on the show in the NFL, but we're here. We're in the midst of the holiday season, and um, I'm very excited to talk some football. We have Hayden Nather joining us. Uh, we've missed you, Hayden. Great to see you, buddy. Thanks, you too. All right, with a really cool jacket on. And um, let's talk some stuff, Hayden. Let us get into the National Football League. And let's talk about week 15 and look ahead at week 16 as we march on to the end of the year. First things first, why don't we hit on our early Seahawks and Eagles game? Well, it wasn't early, but it'll be on the show. But Monday night, we had the Seattle Seahawks take on the Philadelphia Eagles down 17 to 10 going into the fourth. We have Drew Locke coming back and leading the Seahawks to an insane comeback in the final two minutes. Eagles had another chance. Jalen Hurts comes in, throws an interception, and the Eagles now have lost another game. And um, they've had a bad few. They have had a bad stretch in the past couple of weeks for a team that was so dominant coming into the starting out ten and one, and uh, now they've lost two in a row. And um, is there anything to point out with this Eagles team? Are they um, just in a bad stretch? I know. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been fighting a sickness. Maybe this is a fluke. You know, this stuff happens. Um, what do you think about the Eagles in these past couple of weeks? I mean, teams are exposed to the fact that maybe their offense isn't as dynamic as people. Um, you have to have a complete – You have to. it has to be a very good flurry of elements with the Eagles. You have to have a great line, a great running game. Um, Swift hasn't been as great. Um, mm-hmm. They're not giving as – the receivers aren't getting as open as, as much for Jalen Hurts. Um it's kind of showing that you really need a perfect storm for Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is a very talented quarterback. Um, I've been one personally I've always defended Jalen Hurts, um, that he's a guy who really does well in close games. He has that touch-push for a yard, probably one of the best in the league. And, and in crunch time, he makes a lot of great plays. Um, that being said, I could understand the narrative that maybe he's a little bit overrated. I actually could. Um, they just didn't do much in that game. Um, I mean, you're down 17-13 with Drew Lock. you got to win that game as, as a defense. Um, that was a little bit different. But, I mean, even just comparing, like, the Eagles to the Seahawks, like, the Eagles probably should win this game. But that being said, the Eagles are still 10-4, and four, all right? Like, for the Eagles, the, the season doesn't really matter until you get to January and February. Like, they're a team that's battle-tested. They're a team that just went to the, went to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, 13-4 should have arguably won that game versus 
versus um versus the Chiefs. If not for a uh, phantom holding call on James Bradbury, they probably would have won that game actually. So, but I mean, that being said, um, I think for the Eagles, it's about finishing strong. You got two games versus the Giants and the Cardinals, so you, everything is set up perfectly for them. They should win the last three games. All right, this is theirs. I, this is theirs to uh, theirs to be. So. You play the Giants twice and the, and the Cardinals. Three games you, you should win. Okay? I mean, is that a problem? They lost three games to perennial playoff teams like the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks? Yes. But if you win three games and let's say you're 13 and four, I mean, what are you really going to say at 13 and four? Last year they went 14 and three. Like you are what your record says you are. And if they're 13 and four, they're still going to be one of the best teams in, in the conference, arguably the one or two. Um, so you're going to get a home playoff game. Could get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I, I'm looking at the NFC. Um, I still think San Francisco is the best team in the uh, in the. I think mean, not not just the NFC in the league right now. Um, but that being said, Philadelphia is still in pretty good shape, especially with how the schedules playing out. They should beat the Giants twice. I mean, I mean that being said, you got to beat Tommy DeVito, who's, who's had a nice run, but I think is a little bit like far. I think he's a little bit overblown and overhyped, and they just don't have enough talent. The the Giants, and you should beat Arizona. Um, so. We'll see. It's three winnable games. Get to 13 and four. See what happens. But is this team as good as it was last year? Probably not. All right. No. Probably not. But that being said, I don't think anyone in the NFC besides San Francisco and Dallas is is so unbeatable. Like I don't think anyone's so good. So I mean, let's say they get like a two. Let's let's say for instance they get the two seed, and they have to play like one of the teams at the bottom, the Seahawks, the Rams. Um, any of those seven seven teams right now. They could definitely win that game and then go back and play another home playoff game potentially in the, in the division will get the conference championship game. So everything is set up for them perfectly. Have they had a rough stretch? Yes. Are they potentially a little bit overrated? Yes, but I still trust them to win a lot of close games and, and come playoff time. I, I still think this is one of the, the best teams in the NFC. That sh- that should should make the, either the conference championship or, or the or the divisional round at, at the minimum. I think this is an excellent editorial regarding the Eagles. And I think you really hit the nail on the head that all that really matters is these last three games. Of course, you know, 18 weeks is a long season, uh, the shortest of all the major league sports. But at this point, and, you know, maybe we're starting to see what Jalen Hurts really is, clearly has some weaknesses, especially if you pressure him. He seems to not have overcome being. He doesn't. He doesn't have yet. the arm strength as of uh, top quarterbacks. He just doesn't. I, yeah. I, I looks a lot of plays, but he doesn't have the raw talent that that a guy like Josh Allen does, a guy like Mahomes does. I mean, there's just better quarterbacks. There's better quarterbacks that are more talented. I'm, I'm, if I'm being completely honest. Absolutely, and that doesn't mean that he won't develop as the years go on to be better. But for now. A lot of his yardage comes definitely for after yards after catch, but um, regardless, they they were still battle tested, and this was an interesting loss. And I believe the Seahawks. This, if I don't, if I can't, if I, the spread was very small coming into. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, Seahawks still put a battle in there, mm-hmm. and shouts to Drew Locke for you know playing a great game against them, but. Um, We'll ultimately see how this plans out, but I do think the Eagles are fine, but you can't mess up these next three games. I but mean, we'll, too. Sorry, no. I was just going to say, uh, we'll talk about it with the Giants, but if somehow Tommy DeVito, especially Italian boy, wins on Christmas Day at the Eagles on the road, that'd be something else. But we'll, we'll save that for the Giant talk. But um, the Eagles, I think, ultimately 
will be okay. A little banged up, but um, I mean, Seattle has like a great group of skill players. Like, I mean, they're. I mean, let's say they get an elite player. I, I think Geno Smith's done a pretty. I think Geno Smith's actually done a pretty good job the last two years. In, in all seriousness, mm-hmm. you have G- Geno and Drew Locke have gotten them at seven to seven in a playoff, contending for a playoffs last year. Um, if they can do something in the last two or three games, they should could make the playoffs and should make the playoffs again with that group of skill players. Like their GM did a great job, actually. You have Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. There's a lot of great skilled players on on that offense. Um, uh, Julius Love made that great. Uh, Julius Love made that great play um, to to um, to win the game for um, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. That interception was unbelievable. Yeah, and also shouts to um, DJ DK Metcalf too, playing to being a big playmaker. And I always had somewhat, uh, some may say, an off year, but he's been tearing it up these yeah, last few Julian, weeks. Julian Love, had a, Julian Love had an awesome interception to win that game. I mean, to get both feet in was awesome. So credit exactly. their defense. Um, you know, you've got to give them a lot of credit for hanging in there. Seven and seven, they're right in there at the end of. I, I would say they're probably the best team out of those wild card teams. But that being said, you still got to win the games, and you know. We'll see what comes. We'll see what happens with the last three games because LA the Rams look pretty good. Um, New Orleans even at seven seven look pretty decent. Um, they're a team that I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't really want to mess with either. So the seven and seven teams right now, it's actually looking to to be a good race. I think Minnesota right now is one of those seven seven teams that is not going to do enough because they don't have the quarterback play right now. Nick Mullins is a nice story, um, but that being said, they just lost to Jake Browning. I don't. I don't believe they're they're going to make the playoffs. I'm, if I'm being honest. I think New Orleans, Seattle, and LA I think are a little better than Minnesota right now. Um, but that being said, we got to see how the season plays out. I think for the NFC to get a lock in the playoffs, you have to win ten games. At no. nine games, you need some. You no. need some help. Seven, seven and seven right now. You could probably get in with nine. You're going to get in with nine at seven and seven. You think so? I'm saying for a lock. The, the, six, the six and seven. The six and seven right now are um are, are seven and seven. So like in the AC, seven and seven. There's four teams that are seven and seven for two spots. The the um to to make the playoffs right now the, the Eagles are already clinched with ten wins so all teams all the teams with ten wins already clinched but the Lions because they're in the same division as Minnesota so ten wins is a lock correct but right. nine wins will probably get you in nine, I, I would be shocked if nine doesn't for sure and I do think at least the AFC though that that will help you too to get that ten wins because they had some teams you know some teams they needed a seven seven now eight and six which will go through um it's interesting though it's nice to see. Some competitiveness in December is just too bad. Neither of our teams are a part of that conversation. Oh, man. What are you going to do, right? But speaking of the, uh, for the division's sake, and speaking of the team associated with the Eagles, and who also lost on, but this time on Sunday night, was the Dallas Cowboys losing 10 to 31 against the Buffalo Bills. And um, the Bills rushing attack was too much for the Dallas defense to handle. James Cook goes off and starting to establish himself as a legitimate running back in the National Football League this year. And just the Dallas offense and Dak weren't able to muster much against the Bills. I think that kills a little bit of Dak's playoffs um, MVP. Sorry, not playoffs, but MVP chances unless he goes off these next three weeks but um it's still a division race um these next few games are crucial obviously the eagles have an easier schedule um in that but what do you take about the uh this dallas loss and this buffalo win to have them stay in the mix dallas just a notch gets the run james cook went for i want to say they rushed for over 200 yards yeah 
James Cook from Cook, that shortly, but James you were Cook saying against the outside zone was just unstoppable. And next week you play Miami, who's got Raheem Mostert, who has 19 rushing touchdowns. Um, Devin Achan, a- like they're going to run wild. If I were Miami, I'd run that outside zone every play. Like Raheem Mostert can fly. Like I, I do think the San Francisco, I, I not San Francisco, the Dallas Cowboys have problems with these fast and shifty backs and and playing zone on against the run. Like teams are going to run the ball against the Dallas Cowboys, and that's personally what I think is. Very, very big problem when they play San Francisco. Like, they just don't have the guys that can stop McCaffrey. They don't. Nope. Especially if they Michael Parsons now who and got and Dallas on the road is a different team than Dallas at home. On the road, you got yeah. potential elements. Like, at home in a dome. It's like these domes. These dome, these dome teams scare me, okay? They really <laughs> do. Um, If you look at the Super Bowl winners, like Philly, um, if you look at um, Kansas City, neither of those teams play in a dome. Like there is a certain advantage of playing in a dome as opposed to to playing to playing outdoors because you're exposed to the elements a little bit more. Like, you know, San Francisco is exposed to the elements because although they play in San Francisco where, you know, it's usually like 50s, 60s all the time around that, it's a temperate climate. I mean, they still have to deal with rain. Um, they still have to deal with the conditions outside. So I, I'm a little bit nervous Dallas as a, as a dome team, Dallas and Detroit. Um, like I, I do think that actually is, is a detriment when you're, when you're playing in, in December and and January where the football, you know, it's a little bit colder outside and depending where you play, it is tough for a lot of these teams that are playing doors and in Dallas to go to another, 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 uh, another team in, in like Buffalo, which always plays in the elements. It's, it's a little bit tough. And Buffalo is Buffalo eight and six is hitting their stride. I, I mean, I don't want to play the Buff- if, if I think if the Buffalo bills make the playoffs, that's the team. I'm just being honest. They're, they're that good. Yeah, and they're especially but, but, finally making a defensive. They're 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 still eight and six. Like you got like with Buffalo, you got three winnable games too. You got the Chargers, you got New England on your schedule, um, and then you play Miami. Who I I, I want to say that I actually think Buffalo is better than Miami. I do. They're a little deeper, but that being said, um, you know Buffalo, Miami's often you know, season, so it's that last game is going to be determined who's going to who's going to make the playoffs potentially because Miami's going to make it, but it, Buffalo could win the division. Um, like I said, you win you win those next two games, Chargers and the Patriots, you're at ten. Theoretically you should be in the playoffs with ten wins, which I think is a, a doable thing. Um so yeah, Buffalo when healthy, bro, is, is pretty scared. But I mean that being said, like still so you, you you can't look past the fact that they lost to the, the Patriots twenty nine, twenty five. They lost to the Jets with Dak Wilson. I mean, these are games in which theoretically you should win. Like that being said, like it does the Bills have beaten playoff teams. Like the Buccaneers are 7-17. Buccaneers can make the playoffs. And they've been looking pretty good. They did beat the Buccaneers. They did beat the Chiefs. Um, so theoretically, it all evens out. As long as Buffalo get in and keeps these, uh, it keeps these running Josh, backs healthy too. Josh Allen, man, he wins these next three games. Let's say they, they get in the playoffs or whatever. He's got a legit chance to win MVP. He has been awesome this year. Absolutely. Not worried about a Madden curse he's, hitting him? He's the, no, no. He's the most... I would say Patrick Mahomes is the second most talented quarterback in the league. He can make any throw. He can make any play. He is tremendous. You ever and, worry about, like, sometimes people may think he's trying to force the ball or tries to take too much of the game in his own Listen, that's, he's like Brett Favre. I mean, that's what he is. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Brett Favre can make a play where you're going, wow, like, that is one of the, the best plays I've ever seen. Um, Like he did in verse, I want to say 1992 or 93, he threw a touchdown across the body, but then, also has the play where he threw an interception versus the Giants. 
Uh, he threw an interception versus New Orleans that yeah. lost two NFC title games. So Josh Allen is going to make plays that are going to scratch your head. He may be sports plays, but when you got a guy that talented, you got to take it. Um, you know, that being said, it did cost Ken Dorsey his job with the interception. But that being said, under Joe Brady, he's been much more conservative with the ball. He's been more efficient. And I think definitely if this team gets in the playoffs, that would be my pick to make the Super Bowl, Buffalo, if, if they make the playoffs. Um, my team to get the first run by Jacksonville isn't looking too good right now, but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and yeah, that's just my opinion on Buffalo. Buffalo's a tremendous. Um, they can run the ball with James Cook. They got a dynamic offense. The defense is starting to come alive. They held they held Dallas to ten points. Um, but that being said, like the thing with Buffalo this season is that they haven't won the games that they should have. Like, haven't beaten the Patriots. Um, they haven't beaten the Jets. And- Hmm. Hey, then I think we uh, got a little cut off for a second. Can you, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. Can you just repeat that last part? Um, we'll we'll, we'll see. You know, with these two games versus the, the, can you hear me? Yeah, we're good now. With two games with the Chargers and Patriots, you got to show who you're really worth, and that you're not a team that are, you know, you got to win the easy games because Buffalo can do the difficult. They just can't win the win the simple. They can't win the simple games, and they gotta they gotta beat um the Chargers and the, the Patriots. Big games, as you mentioned, for but, Buffalo. But, uh, what also is going against them is that they have they don't have a great conference record. So in tiebreakers, you know, that, that's going to be difficult. Right. So they got to, the next three games are all AFC in conference. So they got to win all three. Only thing they can guarantee for safety is to run it up to to just win out. Hopefully, get some help from from somebody and go from there. And they clearly have been in this position before. They've gone to a couple of division title games um, in this McDermott and Allen era. Now they just have to get to the big championship, get AFC championship game too. And they made one AFC championship loss to they lost um, against, Kansas City. I mean, and then they lost in the divisional round in the, in the game of the century versus Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. So we will see where things lie. Now let's talk about a team you did mention, the San Francisco 49ers, as they had a handily victory. They, sorry, I should say the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Cardinals in pretty great fashion with a score of 45 to 29. Christian McCaffrey scores three touchdowns. Brock Purdy scores throws for four touchdowns. San Francisco gets their sixth straight win. Cause the NFC West and um, there's definitely a good chance that the MVP of the league is also on the 49ers. People say Brock Purdy could be your MVP or Christian McCaffrey. Um, what's it going to take Hayden for people to feel that Brock Purdy is more than just a system quarterback. When do people finally give him his flowers to say he really is one of the best quarterbacks in this league. I mean, the problem with Brock Purdy is that although Brock Purdy is playing well, what people want to do is they want to see a team with talent and they want to say, oh, he's got so many players, he should be this good, which is the most asinine, the most ridiculous take ever. Like, people will make excuses for the fact that, they, they, that he has great players. Like, what is he supposed to do? Like, you know, Brock Purdy has great players, but he has to make it they work too. Like, the teams that have great players that, that don't do – Excuse my language. They don't do crap and don't do crap. The San Diego Chargers, not San Diego, the LA Chargers are loaded with players and they can't do anything. So you got to have the quarterback to make it all work. And although they have Ayuk, uh, McCaffrey, um, George Kittle, like they're loaded on the offensive side of the ball. Trent Williams too, um, and then Nick Bosa on defense. Like you, you still have to have a quarterback that can make all the plays. And Brock Purdy's been tremendous. Like he's been awesome. Very much. Really, really good. I mean. Um, he- 
you're right. It's it definitely helps when you have Debo, Ayuk, great George Kittle, and um, Christian McCaffrey as your weapons and and staying healthy. But he's making the throws. He's staying accurate. He's not so code to the pressure. And you know. Of course, like you said, what is he supposed to do? He's making the most of these opportunities, and I'm very interested to see if he can get some MVP votes. I mean, he Um, has 119 passer rating and and a 69.8% completion percentage. Yeah. Ridiculous. I personally think if I had to figure the season today, I like for what Christian McCaffrey's doing, especially for the rare position player winning the MVP. But regardless, Brock Purdy is no doubt, especially um, coming from this elbow injury in the NFC Championship, really has leveled up, I feel. You know, took a little scary shot in the game, did get out for a, a hot second, but came back in and didn't figure phase at all. I mean, the only the only concern I would have with this game was the fact that this 49ers defense gave up 29 points against the uh, Cardinals, but that's neither here nor there. Very good team. I, I personally think this is the best team in the NFL right now, and hopefully they play down the stretch still really hard, or at least coming in the last week game of the week. Uh, last, if they could still sum up some wins, get some points, and then you know if they want to rest their players for Week 18, and then go to, into the bye, I think they're the ones. Um, getting that number one seed and home field advantage throughout. So to be honest with you, I mean, I like me personally, Brock Brock Party is not my MVP. I'm just putting it out there. I don't think he's not mine. Epic Mm -hmm. said with his numbers and who probably is having the best statistical season. I can't really blame people if they want to vote. I can't. Um, We'll talk a little bit later about who my MVP is. Um, But I, 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 Brock Party, I would not vote for Brock Party. I wouldn't. All right, respect. I respect don't know about you, but. All right, so why don't we move on, Hayden? Now, let's. I know we have to do this again. Just three more weeks, Hayden. Just three more weeks. But this was, as I mentioned to you before the show, and anybody who saw my social media, I was in Miami, Florida this weekend to visit my brother and brought him back with me for the holidays. And the, and we went, me and my family went to go see the Miami Dolphins play the New York Jets. And we witnessed a slaughtering. The Dolphins won 30 to zero. What, 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 do you, what do you have to say right away? We haven't seen in a couple weeks. Just haven't won since there's, then. There's, there's, there's anything nothing, to say. There's nothing to really say. Um, it's just infuriating every week. Um, we have a GM, like I said, he's 25 and 55 and, and five and a half years. A coach who's 16 and 32, which is not good enough. Um, you know, I mean, I have to look at it objectively as a whole. Like for people who say the team's like the worst ever or whatever, it, it's not. It, it, it's it's not that bad. I'm just being honest. Like they do have special teams. They do have an, a pretty good defense besides yesterday, which every team can have a bad game. At the end of the season when you're five and eight and don't have so much to play for. Yeah, Tua was going sorry, off. Sorry, sorry for sorry language. Shit like that's going to happen. Don't worry but about it. It's, you know, it's going to happen. Um, it's just infuriating that one – specific opponent has been so bad for so long and that's the offensive line and the offense the offense is just putrid i mean i and they're being you know aaron Rodgers has them by the balls and is just dangling them like they they don't they they can't do anything like whatever he says goes he could he could tell them you know uh go draft the guy from western kentucky who's only played two snaps to be the to be the wide receiver one to the team and they would they would just say they would give in like they don't have a general manager right now. They don't have a head coach. They just have figureheads who are literally 
I, I don't really care. I'm, I'm, do you care if there's a little bit graphic? No, like I said, say what you want to say. No worries. They literally have literally people that are getting on their knees for Aaron Rodgers. Like, and it's ridiculous. It's like he has them under some potion. Like, the guy is 40 years old. The guy's only going to play two years max. So stop listening to him. Build a, a complete team. It's just insanity. And, like, you know, the offensive line is just so bad. And I don't want to hear he drafted Vera Tucker. Vera Tucker is never healthy. Becton got destroyed. He's never healthy either. Tipman is 25th out of 31 centers. Like, he's done a horrific job building the line. And it's not on Zach. That wasn't on Zach Wilson. Nobody nobody could say that that game was on Zach Wilson. They're getting, literally getting him killed. Like, if yeah. you, saw it, you know, it wasn't on Wilson. And then I don't know who's going to play this Sunday. It could be Simeon or Brett Rippey. It's probably going to be a similar result with this line. Um, the Jets are like buying a car without side view mirrors. When you have to turn, when you have to look to your right or look to your left, you don't know what's going to happen. That's pretty much what Zach Wilson is doing. When he looks to his right or left, he doesn't know what's going to happen. Like he is, he's driving a car right now without side view mirrors, and he has to merge every, and he has to merge on the highway. That's what he's doing. He doesn't know who's coming from his left or right because the offensive line can't protect him. Like it's it's scary. It's scary how bad this line has been for so long, and it's scary how bad this offense has been for so long. Is it the worst team ever? No. Okay, let's be real. Like they're not they're not zero sixteen, or they're not that bad. They have a very good defense. By the way, give credit to the special Boyer. Um, Greg Zerline hasn't. I think I don't want to say hasn't missed a kick or has only missed one kick all year. Um, Thomas Morstead's probably going to be an All Pro punter. Um, Justin Hardy last season before he got hurt was an All Pro as a gunner. So the special teams has been pretty good. Um, um, the defense under Jeff Ulbrich has been pretty good, pretty, pretty good, almost elite at times. So it's, you know, it's this is the offense that's been so bad for so long. And somebody has to say, like this stuff, this can't continue. Somebody has to say it. Either Woody, someone up top, like you, they're going to run it back with, with Rogers and Salah. But I think in order to save their jobs, in my opinion, in order to save. Douglas' job more specifically than, than Sally. You have to go to the AFC title game or the Super Bowl. That's how bad it's been in the last five years. Like nothing else, in my opinion, should quantify if if Rodgers is healthy and plays a full year as as anything as anything. That would be a failure next year if Rodgers plays a full year and they don't go to the AFC title game or, or the Super Bowl. Like this is just it's so it's it's getting to the point where it's it's pretty sad. If if it were up to me, I would have got rid of him after twenty twenty. The GM, I'm very clear in that he's he's been absolutely horrific, but. Well, you can flex on these people and say hashtag Hayden was uh, right. Of course, of course, you know that the people you know are under the potion of, of Rogers, and you know, so whatever he says goes. So I have to deal with this. <laughs> He's running time. the franchise. Yeah, he is. You know. it, it's, um, it's. Does, does I it? I didn't least... even. I didn't. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I was like, did did it make you feel better on Pat McAfee when he said he won't come back this year? No, I don't really care. I, he's enough for him already. I don't really care. Um, going up to, to the other team playing up, Miami. Uh, Miami looked really good, actually. Miami running the ball is really, really dangerous. Uh, he Moser has 19 rushing touchdowns. HN, I mean, they were without Tyree Kill, and people always said Tyree Kill is the reason the team wins. I mean, Jalen Waddle looked pretty good. They put up a 30 spot versus a, a really good defense. In the yeah. Arguably one of the top five in the league. So, I mean, you can't just say it's all it's all Tyree Kill. It's not. Jalen Waddle looked great. Um, they can run the ball down people's throats. They can. They have speed. Um, they can fly. Um, do I think they're as physical as other teams in the league? No, I don't. I don't think they're as physical as Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I don't. Think, I don't even think they're as physically as imposing as Buffalo, to be honest with you. But they are a team that can fly. Um, in cold weather, do I think they're going to have some problems? Yes. 
Um, I don't think Raheem Mostert is a grinder per se, where a guy that can really get you two, three yards to win a game if necessary. He's a guy that's shifty, has speed, so is Achan. They don't really have that enforcer, in my opinion, um, in comparison to the rest of the AFC, which I, I think the top of the AFC, you got Baltimore, Buffalo. Um, I'm just looking through. I'm looking through the standings. Baltimore, Buffalo. Miami, obviously, is good. Um, you got Cleveland is really, really physical in a cold-weather game. Um, Kansas City has still got a great defense. They got some imposers. They got uh, Not imposers. They got some guys that are that can really uh, force, force it down your throat. So I think that's going to be a little bit of an issue for Miami, but you can't ignore the fact that Miami is one of the fastest teams in the league, and that's – that's going to be pretty scary come playoff time. Do I think Do I think Miami is going to make the Super Bowl? No, I don't. I think they're probably a division round exit, if I had to be honest. I just don't see them in a cold-weather game if, if they don't have home field advantage. Uh, yeah. Versus a, team, versus a team like Baltimore, Buffalo, or even a team like Cleveland. Um, I just – I don't see it. Or Kansas City, I don't. Um, that being said, um, give, give Miami credit, but – if they got, let's say they can get a two, the two seed, and they have almost a home field, they could get to the conference game for sure, for sure. And if Tyreek's healthy, they're going to be a scary team to play. Yeah, that's a big thing, Tyreek being healthy, and whether they sat him as a precaution this week, I don't think he's going to hit that two thousand yard marker now, which means Bars is going to shave his beard, um, which he has to definitely go up to that. But um, yeah, with Miami. And just especially seeing them in person, they're definitely dynamic. And as long and Tua, I think Tua is only going to get better with ages too. He's just so accurate in this game and um, well protected. A very underrated uh, fullback too. Um, is fun to watch. And yeah, Mike McDaniel, but I again we have to keep wait for him more for him to. Um, I think he's finally getting his due. I don't know if you happen to see in season hard coach. knocks. He's a good. I, he's a good coach, uh, McDaniel. He is so <laughs> different. Credit him to saving to his career, literally saving his career. So give him a lot of credit. Absolutely. I don't know if you happen to see Hard Knocks um, in season. I think I'm the only one who does. But um, you know he's pretty goofy on, on uh, yeah. the uh, on the, uh, in the press conference. He's not a prototypical like loudmouth football coach, and he's 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 analytical. He's a little more analytical, a little more goofy. So he's exactly. But seeing, having said that, seeing him in the locker room, he does know how to command the room without being like the typical, you know, tyrant owner. Yeah, he does. He does. And that I respect. And they're a fun team to root for. Now, when I was at that game, um, I I was rooting for the Jets, you know, for the faithful. I was like, you know what? I want to see this team do well. And then reality sunk in. And, um, yeah, and especially – uh, so I was only eight rows from the field uh, at the Jets' corner, and seeing Bradley Chubb just dis- destroy um, Zach Wilson, I'm like literally feet away from seeing that. And then Dolphin fans, I w- I didn't know how passionate they really were about that team. I I took that for granted. They were loud. That stadium was loud. I couldn't think in that kind of dome. And um, I mean, it was just really too bad. But there wasn't really anything we could say. Um, I just was like, I just liked just being in the, just seeing the players, I guess. Um, but it was a fun game to at least be there. It was tough to watch, but, um, you know, it's all the same. And I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about the Jets during the off season, using their premium picks for offensive line, clearly need a new offensive line coach. They're not going to get rid of Hackett because of Rogers, as you mentioned, but, um, 
you know, Rogers, Rogers we'll has by, by the by the boss pretty much. Maybe maybe Trump gets elected and puts wet, uh, Woody in his cabinet again, and that'll be the thing he goes. But then you'll have Chris Johnson. Yeah, it was even worse. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, poor poor Jets. Well, why don't we talk about my poor Giants? And I'm really interested. In, I really want to ask you about this guy Hayden. So, um, Big Blue didn't help our cause either. They played the Saints, where Derek Carr wound up playing um people he was so so coming in with his injury but he did play those three touchdowns and um the saints got seven sacks on tommy devito and um it turns and then you know giants momentum gets killed that way they their playoff hopes though technically mathematically still in it we know it's over but um hayden Amongst this loss, though, and um, I haven't talked to you since the whole Tommy DeVito, the peak of Tommy DeVito mania, as you will. Um, we weren't able to speak during the Packer game. Um, but at this moment now, Tommy DeVito has a start. I believe he's three and two. Um, and so, so as I mentioned, when I had to do solo, I said he hasn't won the Giants games, but he hasn't lost them. But credit to him for that late fourth quarter comeback. Uh, and um, getting the drive they needed to get the game-winning field goal. But, um, you know, seeing them lose to the Saints, getting sacked seven times, didn't turn over the ball, though. And, um, you know, this whole story about him, um, about uh, this, the, the, though though there's a development from him, there was this deli that was going to host him, but he raised his fee. But I think he's him and his um, agent worked out. Yeah. He went anyway. They worked out a deal. Um, But regardless though, I should just get to the point. Hayden, do you think this Tommy DeVito mania is worth the hype where people are going as far as to say he should be the starting quarterback at week one? Or do you think it's just another example of insanity? I mean, I'm I'm being honest with you. Like he's had five starts. He's three and two and five starts. He's he's done a pretty good job. All right. For for a backup quarterback. I mean, he definitely deserves to be in the league for sure. Um, do I think he's a bona fide starter? No, I don't. Um that being said, um, is a guy worth keeping around next year because let's say something does happen to Daniel Jones or whoever the quarterback may be next year. I mean, three and two and five games for a backup quarterback is not too shabby. Like I'm being honest, the guy's done a pretty good job. I yeah. think he deserves. I think he deserves some of the credit that's gone his way. I mean, obviously, when you're playing New Orleans, at, when you're playing on the road, New Orleans, New Orleans got a, a great defense. It's gonna be a, that's gonna be a tough game whether you have Daniel Jones or whoever's quarterback. It, it's it's gonna be a tough game. I mean, they got three games versus the Eagles, Rams. I mean, they play they play those. They're probably yeah, gonna, I Rams seen that needs this game too. If they, have I, any I don't want to say they're probably playoffs. going to lose all three games. I'm not gonna say that. I think there's they could lose all three games. So I think the hype is going to die down a little bit. It's a nice story. Um, give the guy a lot of credit, um, you know, coming off the being a guy who was undrafted. Um, he's had three NFL wins, which is more than Bryce Young's had as a number one pick. Um, mm-hmm. He's had right. someone close to Levis. Um, he's, he's played more games than Anthony Richardson. All these guys who are drafted very high. So give the guy a lot of credit. Um, does he deserve to be in the league? I I actually do think he does. I think I think he's done a pretty decent job. He's shown you can win some games. Um, is, this guy that should, is this a guy that should be considered to take Daniel Jones's job? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, I, I looked. We'll talk a little bit about the quarterback situation, but I actually looked at Daniel Jones's numbers throughout the first like part of their career versus Trevor Lawrence, and the numbers are actually pretty similar. Daniel Jones, if you actually compare them, Daniel Jones to Trevor Lawrence, I have I have the numbers right here. It was, it was actually pretty similar. So Daniel Jones does have some talent. Um, there's no question he's the more talented quarterback, Tom DeVito. I mean, anyone, I agree. 
anyone who says that is, is doesn't know football. They, they, they just, they, they don't. Um, it's, you know, you know, in 48, in 48 starts, Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones have almost identical numbers. It's, I'm looking at them right now. I'll, I'll get, I'll give them, I'll give you the numbers right now. Um, hold on. If I can just get this right now. You good. As we wait in anticipation. Yeah. I mean, it's so like, I mean, to give up on Daniel Jones, especially if you give him a con, a contract would be insane. It would be, it's, it's not even, it's really not even worth like discussing. He, he's led you to the playoffs. He got you a playoff victory. Um, they, they're not, they are not, um, they are not right. They're just not quite there, but I, I will say this about the Giants. I, I am very confident in their leadership with Dable and, and Joe Shane. They've actually done a pretty good job keeping the team, keeping the team together. And, to their credit, they have kept this team in it with Tommy DeVito. Um, you know, it's there, there is something to say about that. You know that you have to, you have to, you have to, um, you have to put that in, uh, put that into perspective. So I think I think they're on the right track. Do I think they need? Do I think they need more talent? Absolutely, they need to upgrade their their line. Like the Jets is terrible. Um, I think it's the defense is starting to play well. Fabio Carrique. Um I think yeah, he's great. Deontay Banks has been fun to you watch. Have to be, you have to be a little bit like optimistic about what they've been able to do towards the end of the season. End of the season. Um, and this proves to- that De- Brian Dayball is a justified. He's a good coach. People are coming at his head um, earlier in the season, and they thought he was done. Like, I'm not. But, I'm not no, taking, he's good. He's a good. I'm coach. not taking too much stock into a loss for New Orleans, who has a pretty good defense. And I, I hear the stats right here. Um, through the first 48 starts, Trevor Lawrence has 12,204 yards. Um, Daniel Jones has 1192. Um, can, I show, can I actually can I do a video where I can actually like show it? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. One day, Hayden, we're going to get a nice big studio where we could put uh, this on. You have, to, you have to enable share screen, so give me a second. Just enable that. Okay, we're going to first literally use our Zoom skills to the test. Um, enable screen... <laughs> How do I do this? Um, geez, now I'm like the people I make fun of who can't figure out um, technology. Start share, right? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. I mean, if you enable that, I'll, I'll give you. I'll show you the, the numbers exactly what it looks like in a second. But I mean, I'll, I guess I'll, I guess I'll I guess I'll read it off right now. But um, Trevor Trevor Lawrence's first four eight starts. He has twelve thousand two hundred four yards. Um, Daniel Jones has eleven thousand nine ninety two. Sixty six total touchdowns for Lawrence. Sixty four total touchdowns for Jones. Fifty three turnovers for Lawrence. Fifty four turnovers for Jones. Sixty four percent completion percent. Sixty three for Jones for Lawrence and Jones. Trevor Lawrence's rating is eighty five point five. Daniel Jones's rating is eighty five point four. The records are twenty and twenty eight. Trevor Lawrence. 19 and 29 for Daniel Jones. And they both have playoff victories in, in their career. So the numbers are actually pretty similar. Like Jones is a guy that's worth keeping around. I, I to Daniel Jones's credit, he has not thrown anyone in the bus. He's been quiet. He is the typical New York personality. Um, but you got to give him a huge talent. factor. You got to give him more talent. You got to give him more um, wide receivers to work with. They have to get, if I'm the Giants, I'm going to try to drift up to get Marvin Harrison Jr. That's oh, what man. I would do. But That's one thing Daniel Jones never had, like a they true have to give him a number one receiver. Number one receiver, and and they have Slayton to give hasn't him, covered. They have it. to give him a complimentary back to 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 uh, Saquon Barkley as well, and they got to fix the line. So, 
I think yes. I give think him I'm a contract. More, give Saquon a contract. I'm, I'm more confident in the Giants' leadership and regime than I am the Jets. Like you should be more confident Definitely. in Dable than sh- than you should be with Salah and Douglas. Hey, it wasn't off. It, luckily, it wasn't off year rather than right, a hold on. disaster. I, I got it right year. here. This, this, these are these are numbers. Yeah, I, I allowed it. So if you want to show that really quick, and then we will move yeah, on. This is, this is what it looks like. Can, does this work? Yeah. This is this is what it is right now. If you can see the total numbers for Lawrence and and yeah, is that literally literally almost identical? They're almost identical. You know. So, and Trevor I mean, Lawrence has gone to the playoffs. And Trevor Lawrence has wonder- been a little bit. Trevor Lawrence has been not worth the hype. We'll talk about that a little bit in a bit. But um, let's get into okay. one of the next games. But these, are, you know, I'm just I'm just giving everyone a snapshot of what the numbers look like. Well, perfect then. And we thank you, Hayden. As for those who are listening, though, Hayden pretty much showed that these guys are identical in passer rating, touchdowns, um, similar records, and. All the quarter, all the main things for a skilled quarterback, and it's pretty interesting stuff. Now, before we talk about that, I actually wanted to mention talk about the Bucks and the Packers, where Baker Mayfield had the best game of his Buccaneers career. The Packers keep falling, and I think this game shows as they make a push and push for the NFC South title, who are tied with the Saints. Um, say it was a big win for the Saints to get against the Giants. And the Bucks are making a push in it. And Baker Mayfield at least shown that he should be the long-term quarterback at Tampa Bay, don't you think? No, Baker Mayfield has shown moxie. He's shown poise. The locker room loves him, Tampa Bay. He's one of those guys you love playing for and hate playing against. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, a, he's a jerk when he's playing, but he has that edge. Um, he's got that chip in his shoulder. I mean, from when he was a walk-on at uh, Texas Tech and, and uh, went to Oklahoma, he's got that chip on his shoulder, so... I mean, if I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I mean, I- I'm ecstatic. Seven and seven with a chance for Mayfield. I mean, you want to talk about that Todd Bowles maybe like isn't a great coach. I, I actually think Todd Bowles has done a pretty good job. If you were to tell me they would have had a better, better record at this point with Baker Mayfield than they would have had with Tom Brady, he wouldn't have took that. They won a division title last year with, with Brady, even though it was eight and nine. Like, let's say you get to, let's say you win another division title with Bowles back to back years. How do you not keep a guy that's won back to back division titles? Like, I, yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, we're, we caught, we're, they got Mike Evans, they got Chris Godwin's playing well. Baker looks pretty good. I mean, give them a lot Shot, of credit. Rashid White has uh, made some moves yeah, in the backfield. That. Give give them a lot of credit, um, the uh, Tampa Buccaneers. At a seven and seven with another chance to win the division. I mean, albeit in, in a bad NFC South. But that being said, I mean it's not that they're that bad. It's not like it's not it's not like each team is like five and nine or whatever. It's not that bad. Um, no, we we've seen worse. Seven, seen they'll worse. at least have above five hundred record. The they'll, division. they'll have at least a five hundred or only a game or eight and nine. It's not going to be that bad. So, um, you know, sorry. So, uh, why don't we add to that? Um, we could spend very little time on this. Why don't we just mention here the Panthers and the Falcons as the other um, NFC South teams in a front of a crowd of literally nobody. I really think it was less than 200 people in the stands that it was reported. Um, the Panthers did win. They, they are now nine and six against Atlanta. They were sorry. They won nine to six against Atlanta, and um, both teams are excruciating to watch. The Falcons know how to blow a close game, and um, I mean, 
again, there's a re- those games are why they're barely shown on Red Zone. There was nothing to write home about there, as Hayden made the quick um, that made the quick set change. But yeah, Hayden, I want to I want to talk to you more about you with the crowd showing up again. Less than two hundred people were at that game, and it showed. What do you think about that? It's just for this, you know, this owner who has um, been such a disaster in Carolina for, you know, they already fired their first year head coach. And I mean, what a mess it's been in Carolina. And they're not going to actually get the, at least the benefit of the disaster. They're not going to have the benefit of the doubt of being the number one overall pick since they traded that away to Chicago last year. And Chicago at the moment will have the number one pick. And they're actually playing pretty well despite a uh, very, very tough loss against Cleveland this past week. What, I mean, what do you think about that showing in Carolina where it seems hopeless? I mean, um, basically what you're saying um... – Basically, what the what Caroline's doing, like any, any win you can get, is a good win for Bryce Young and his development. Like, um, you know, even though there are only two wins, uh, you got it. Night, I want to say it was like almost a ninety, almost a ninety-yard drive to win to win the game. Um, give give Bryce Young a lot of credit. Um, he won the game when it matters the most. Even though it's two and twelve, any of these wins are going to help build the franchise. Um, I mean, just a couple of years ago, the Detroit Lions were three and fourteen. So think about that. Now they're. Now they're uh, they're a very good team. You know, last year they went nine and eight, and they went they're ten. They're probably so. Just stay. I would say to the Carolina Panther fans, I know it's been a rough year. Um, you do have a rookie quarterback, you know, who's the number one pick, but just give it, give it, give it a little bit of time. Um, you you know, sometimes wish the Jets fans' attendance was that bad, so somebody can snap out of it at ownership. Um. It's tough to say. I will be going to the game Sunday, um, you know. But it's also a little bit different. My team actually has five wins. We've been competent. We haven't been great, but there's been competence. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, they're worth supporting the Jets. Um, At least I, as a fan who goes to almost every game, I, I will be at my game whether we're zero sixteen or sixteen zero. Um, I, I like I said, I I don't believe that I would would boycott the Jets. So if, if if they were to if they were to bring back Joe Douglas for twenty twenty four, which I think they were, I would say that's enough of a reason for fans to boycott the team. Like like mm-hmm. um, I think fans boycott the Panthers. Like with David Tepper, he's been oh my god, he's been he's he's been one of the worst owners I've ever I've ever seen in, in a professional sports team. Talk about somebody with no patience whatsoever. Yeah. Oh my god, he's been brutal. Um, I mean, he's making he's making uh, James Dolan look pretty good and <laughs> pretty good. Like, hey, Knicks and Rangers have a he's pretty good start, a pretty good start. He's been bad. I mean, James Dolan is, is better over the years, so I can't really say anything. That's true. Knicks, the Knicks have been better. The Rangers, the Rangers are are very good every year. So, and maybe that's not the best. Johnson look quite impressive. David Tepper and the fans are obviously irritated. Um, but that being said, they're not as far vision as everyone thinks. They're not. Mm-hmm. Give Bryce Young some weapons, see what it can do. Um, I have to say, despite this year, Bryce Young's leadership is nothing but impeccable all year. He's never once blamed other people. He's never once said anything. Um, he's actually been a calming presence. So that that is a good sign for Carolina, that at least the guy you drafted to be number one overall is a good leader and trustworthy and someone that people want to get behind. That's a good thing to have as your starting quarterback. Um, not saying it's going to lead to any wins or, you know, a great talent or 
talented. But that being said, it is, it is a good thing. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, but how about the Falcons too? Should Arthur Smith get the boot with all these close losses and not knowing who probably, their quarterback yeah. is? Probably, yeah. They're, they're hunt- hamstrung a silly mustache. The they're hamstrung with the fact that they have an absolutely awful quarterback. Not an awful, but they, Desmond Ritter hasn't been great. Honey, he hasn't been great. And that you have Bijan who they don't know how to use. It's it's enough of a reason to get the boot. Like Kyle this, Pitts hasn't lived up to the this, potential. This year, you got to win that division in the NFC South. It's it's a very wide open division. So. Definitely. So moving on to the Raiders and the Chargers, speaking of coaches and meeting their demise, they played each other Thursday night. The Raiders annihilated the Chargers so bad that the inevitable happened and the Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Chargers fired head coach Brandon Staley and their GM. Um, what do you what do you know, man? Before first with the Chargers, they clearly did what they had to do. And um, with an injured um, Justin Herbert, they're just waiting for the season to end. And this, again, will be more of a conversation for um, for the offseason on where they're going to go with the with the team that does have a great team on paper, especially as long as everybody's healthy. They definitely have a great future. They just need the right coach and maybe and clearly a, a defensive minded coach like Brandon Staley was not the answer. And um what do you think about what's your reaction to the Chargers making these changes? It, they have to get an offensive-minded coach, someone who can bring out the best in Justin Herbert. It's really like Bill not. Belichick. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Bill because I think Bill's more of def- a defensive guy. Um, that being said, like it's, it's, um, you know, it's. Oh wait, I should have mentioned this before. I should have mentioned this. I know he's a defensive-minded guy too, but for the you know, actually no, I'll save it for later. It'll make more sense a little later. But I mean, I saying- mean, that being said, that being said, that the Houston Texans hired D'Amico Ryan's, and he's been an awesome hire. So I, I don't really think that offensive defensive is such a, is such a uh, big thing. I, I'm telling you, the enemy to look at for the coach of the Chargers it wouldn't be such a bad thing. Oh yeah, definitely. He he I mean, is definitely they, finally going to get I mean, his opportunity. What about Anthony Lynn? Anthony Lynn. Maybe it was great. I mean, they did win twelve games in Anthony Lynn. Like they they went they went to the playoffs. Like he's better coach than Stanley. I'll tell you that. Um, the previous coach. So, um, there's not really that much I have to add about this game. Um, give give the Raiders credit though. If they can get a guy, a great quarterback, they have a chance to be really good. Um. Yeah, Aiden I think o- Antonio Pierce at Aiden each week O'Connell, is showing that he's Aiden O'Connell has done a pretty good job. It. I think Antonio Pierce should get the uh, full-time gig and he should have the interim taken off and have a full season with the Raiders. These these guys really love playing for him and you could see the morale change after um after um their previous coach's exit and I think I think he's worth considering if you're Mark Davis. Definitely uh for sure. Um I I don't really have that much to talk about in these two games. Um these are two middling teams. There's just not really that much to say, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, and the only thing, if, if you made prop bets for the for this game, you probably won a lot of money with 63 points on the board. And um, they kept going. I mean, they were, they scored, I think it was 49 nothing in the half or 42 nothing in the half. And they, they, they scored uh, 19 more points. So there you go. 
But, you know, transitioning to the Saturday games, the Bengals and the Vikings, that was a lot of fun to watch. A gut-wrenching loss for Minnesota. Had a potential winning field. They had a potential to win the game. They were in field goal range in overtime. They tried to do a push. They failed on third down. They did the exact same play again on fourth down and um, weren't able to make it happen, giving the Bengals solid field goal range. And... um, Jake Browning, another solid game, um, brings them to the glory and um, helps them win another game and keeps their playoff hopes alive. Um, Shout out to him and what he's been able to pull off and proving why he should stay in this league. And the Vikings are in trouble. They clearly need help. Um, As you mentioned earlier, the quarterback situation is probably preventing them to go any further. But um, this is an entertaining game, and... um, I think uh, this was just this could have gone either way if um, they didn't go after try the touch push twice and they, they attempted the 49 yard field goal. At least they didn't even get the chance. But um, very interesting game, I felt. And uh, Jake Browning is um, keeping some momentum alive. And I don't think either of these teams are going to make a deep playoff run, but it's still fun to watch and see who can uh put themselves in the postseason and maybe be a little more impressive with the Vikings because people really thought that they were done. But um, if they've had some things go their way, I think um, Kevin, I think Kevin Connolly is a good coach. And, um, but I, that was a bad decision though, that tush push, two tush pushed in a row. I mean, give the, give the Bengals a lot of credit for this game. Um, T Higgins, but probably one of the plays of the year. Oh yes. That was that the um, touchdown uh, over the uh, upright. They're they're the, they're, lo- they're loaded in offense. Upright. The problem I see with Cincinnati is the schedule is just very tough coming up. Um, you got Pittsburgh, who I I think this should be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh right now is a dumpster fire. So you would think they're like it. You would think Pittsburgh is um right now. How the morale is with that team? You would think Pittsburgh is like three and like three and twelve or three and thirteen. <laughs> like the the morale with that team is just horrendous. Um, they're they're a team that's. They're they're going to implode. There, you you could just see it. Um, yeah. So they have Pittsburgh coming up in twelve twenty three. Very winnable game there at Pittsburgh. Um, you know, but eight and six, seven and seven, both teams on the playoff hunt. It's a big game. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope they can keep this momentum alive with Jake Browning. I do. Um, I think when they're going to have to play Kansas City and Cleveland, it could be a little bit tougher. But I mean, credit to Jake Browning for at least giving them a chance. Given that's all you can ask for. Three straight games. He beat the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Vikings. Three teams in the playoff hunt. So that's those are three big wins. And that's that verse the win versus the Colts is going to be big because they, they could have the uh, tiebreaker now. Definitely. Now moving on to that, the other Saturday the second of three Saturday games was the Colts playing the Steelers. Steelers that this just didn't show up. Mitch Trubisky wasn't making people believe that he should have another chance, played a terrible game against the Colts and um, Colts making a push to stay in it. And now the Steelers lose three in a row at the worst time possible, losing to Arizona, New England. And now the Colts. Um, what do you think about these crazy, these crazy allegation, not allegation, these crazy theories that say that Mike Tomlin, might be getting the boot. And, you know, uh, clearly with these losses and, um, you know, seeing players not play as hard for him, you know, a whole George Pickens deal and whatever. Um, do you think that's not such a crazy idea if I, this I would don't, be Tomlin's I final don't. year? Um, I think they'd be a little stupid to do that. 
That being said, um, actually, no, I actually don't think they're stupid. I, I don't think I don't think they're they're really responding. Pittsburgh, I think they do need a new voice and a new. I think they need a new direction. If I'm being honest, um, yeah, the Steelers I, I are traditionally a team that doesn't change. But I mean, coaches. that being said, I mean they they're complete another disarray. Um, I don't. Let's not talk about the Steelers much. Let's talk about the Colts. Um, Colts, in my opinion, have been phenomenal. Like that's my coach of the year, Shane Steichen. That's who, who I would mm-hmm. say is the coach of the year. Um, they've done a great job. They're running the they, they're running the football. Gardner Minshew's playing at it at a great level. Um, you know, they did they did what the Jets should have done and got a, a, an elite quality backup to back up. Um, Anthony Richardson, who's won a ton of games, Gardner Minshew. Um, they're they're an organization right now. Every every year, there's a surprise team that makes the playoffs that nobody thinks is going to make the playoffs. Uh, I said when the Colts were playing well, that was going to be the team. Um, I think the Colts will make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the Colts and the Bills that are going to get the two. Um, I think the Colts and the Bills will make it. I do. In the um, six and seven spot. I don't know. I don't even. I, I think Indianapolis could win the division actually because all three teams are tied at are eight and six for the Jacksonville and Houston. Okay. I think Indianapolis could even win the division actually. They have the easiest schedule coming up out of all three of those teams. So, um, I mean, yeah, credit to them, credit to Gardner Minshew. But like, like remember last year when the Giants were the team that made the playoffs that nobody expected to, and they won a playoff game. Remember that? Oh, very much so. <laughs> Colts are probably this year's version of the Giants. Yeah, and especially give credit to Gardner Minshew, very good quarterback, and uh, making the plays when he when he has needed to, and they were able to pull this all off with amongst their injuries. You know, Jonathan Taylor's been in and out of the, um, been in and out of the lineup, and um, you know, relying more people like a Zach Moss and Michael Pittman Jr. has been very good. Um, the the only other thing here just about um, Tomlin. I'm just gonna give it up just because I heard on the fan. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But if there was somehow, some way, this pro- obviously was likely not gonna happen. But if they traded, if, the Jets, if the Jets could do that, that would be. Oh my God! You, you should give up the whole franchise. You give up. I don't even care. If, I don't even care if it's send Rodgers to Siberia. Send him to Siberia. Get, <laughs> get Tomlin and have him coach a real quarter. Have him coach a young quarterback. It would be that would be that would be heaven. Yeah, Jets, and the Jets could do that. Very good stuff there, and the. To finish the final Saturday game, where the Lions defeated the Broncos by a score of forty-two to seventeen, um, the Broncos really weren't able to to make a push. Lions were dominant throughout against a pretty good defense. Uh, this was a big win for Detroit at home, and um, Denver. Denver, I think this was a bad loss for them. They could, they're still in it, but um, the Lions got the momentum back. Both of these franchises really needed some momentum after this game, and it just went to Detroit. No, Detroit showed they're for real. Um, they're ex- as explosive as anything can be. Um, that's pretty awesome. Dan Campbell's done an awesome job there. Um, tougher, tougher Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, which at seven and seven, I, I don't see them making the playoffs personally. Um, it was tough because I actually had them. With, I thought they were one of the teams with the best quarterback, but I just don't think they have enough defensively. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think they they got shredded by the, the Detroit Lions. But credit to Sean Payton, one and five at one point. Um, yeah, they were one and five at one point. But Sean Payton was another coach who kept them alive at seven and seven. I think that's a team that moving forward should be confident about the direction they're headed. Um, but also give Detroit a lot of credit for playing an elite game. And All right. Being, being one of those teams that should be a threat to make the Super Bowl. They are they are explosive and they're a team that nobody should want to play, especially with Aiden Hutchinson in that defense and 
players they have going there. Uh, Jameer Gibbs looks great. Um, credit Brad Holmes for all these picks that were universally panned as they weren't sit- situational needs for the team and positional needs. Um, he picked the best players were av- that were available. I like Jameer Gibbs is is awesome, and he was the best player there. So he did he did what a lot of teams don't do: pick the best players over this, the positional needs they have, and that was worked out great in his in his favor. Made the most of a team that, of a franchise that was suffering for a long time. Now for the Browns and the Browns and the Bears, um, going back and forth, this was a tough loss. If you're a Bears fan, throwing that hail mary that wasn't Daryl Mooney's chest, but he um, uh, you can't expect in and out. To catch a hail mary off a tip. That was a little unfair. I mean, maybe should have had a navy, but I mean, to this game, the Browns are down three of their starting linemen. Um, Nick Chubb got hurt. Um, you know, I mean, they have Joe Flacco playing quarterback and they're still nine five going to make the playoffs. Like their, their coach has done a fantastic job. Like Stefanski, if uh, my, my pick is Shane Steichen to, to win the, uh, coach of the year, but Stefanski would be too. Like he's done a fantastic job there. Um, considering all the injuries they've had, uh, and they're on their third quarterback. They've played PJ Walker, Deshaun Watson, and they've played, a. um, and they've played uh, Joe Flacco, who, by the way, is offering a authoring a comeback. And uh, let's say he let's say he wakes. This is not going to happen, but let's say he gets the Browns to a Super Bowl, and let's say they win. That's a whole thing, quarterback. Like he is. I mean, I mean, I'm that. serious. I'm not even joking. Like the, the guy should make the Hall of Fame if he can get another. If he can get another, his stats. Uh, even though he never made a Pro Bowl, where he's one of the—I think he's—he's he's probably the greatest quarterback ever to, to not make a Pro Bowl. Guys, had an career in Baltimore. They got an awesome career. They should retire his number, one hundred percent in Baltimore because he led them to a Super Bowl, led them to a lot of division titles. He was as consistent as you could possibly be in Baltimore. Um, so it was just—he's been everything. He was everything and more for the Baltimore Ravens. Um. I mean, doesn't it upset you? He was in a jet uniform not too long ago. We lost your audio again, Hayden. Can you say that one more time? Yeah. I have to have the conversation that if he gets to the Super Bowl with the Browns, um, I think the Hall of Fame conversation is going to have to be had with Joe Flacco, even though he never made a a Pro Bowl, which is, I mean, you can't, it's going to be hard to put a guy. We never made a Pro Bowl in the Super Bowl. It's going to be extremely difficult. Yeah, um, no All Pros either. Consistent quarterbacks of, of of our era, to be honest. <laughs> and he was in a Jets uniform last year, Hayden. They couldn't yeah. resign him to be a the backup when he was available. I mean, I guess the Jets wanted to go a different direction, so I don't know. The Jets usually make the wrong move in the end. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing you said this year though my favorite probably my favorite quote of all 2023 on this whole show was when you said they ruin every holiday the jets they do they ruin every holiday <laughs> that's the quote they're of the ruin, year they're, they're, they're gonna ruin my i'm going to the game someday they're probably ruin my holiday, christmas holiday thank god i'm jewish and don't really celebrate christmas that much but <laughs> ruin, ruin that. <laughs> all right just a few more games hayden then we will um do our picks, but um, the Texans and the Titans, how about Houston getting a big win with Case Kingdom at the realm, um, losing most of their wide receivers, and a game that looked like it was the Titans in the, that was, it was a win for the Titans, they were able to 
send it in overtime and get the win. How about that? And it is confirmed at this moment that CJ Stroud is still in concussion protocol. It is. He's not and he's play. expected to play miss next week. But hey, Case Keenum shows that he can keep you in it. What do you think about this? I mean, it credit to the Texans for winning this game, though I think they can survive with Case Keenum in this offense night on it. Um they barely beat the Titans. They're gonna be playing tougher competition coming up. Um they're down they're down a lot of their receivers, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. They are I'm pretty sure those guys are out. They're, yeah, Tank they, Dell's out for the rest of the year. Nico Dell, Collins might Tank be coming Dell, back this week. And they're down I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very tough game to to beat Cleveland, um, and then you have to still have to play Indianapolis, and they barely even beat Tennessee. And assuming Will Levis comes back to play them, I, I think Will Levis and the Titans are a better team with Will Levis with there right now than Case Keenum. Um, so I, I don't think the Texans are gonna withstand this. Um, I don't. <laughs> so um, that's a little tough for me to say, but credit to them for getting the win. I think it's gonna be very tough next week at Cleveland. Um, even though they get him at home, so they could win that game theoretically. But um, yeah, credit to tech, the Texans. Um, Will Levis, I want to say, is hurt right now. So um, yeah, Will Levis is hurt, so he won't be playing. Um, so that sucks for them. Will Levis, Will Levis has done a, a a good job. He's done a very good job. Will Levis. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's been he's been pretty good. Not saying he's like phenomenal, but he's he's shown signs that that give you that make you happy about the future. Um, so credit to them. Um, there's not really that much to say in this game. D'Amico Ryans has done a really good job, but I think they are ultimately going to come up short in the playoff race. All right. And then that means that only just shows that they have a great future ahead. The Chiefs and the Patriots, the game was a little too close for comfort for Kansas City, but seeing they snapped out of it in the second half and um, get a convincing win against the Patriots, even though they still have wide receiver issues that is just a, uh, we're just a, broken record player repeating it over and over again, talking about um, wide receivers not being able to catch the ball, not able to hold on to the ball, um, preventing Patrick Mahomes having only just a midseason for him. Um, Kelsey and Tony had major drops in this game. But, you know, I mean, what's different? They got the win, but, um, but, you know, what else? What what else is there to talk about here, with the Chiefs and the Patriot with the Chiefs season? You know, the I mean, Patriots he are finally he finally got mad that uh, the guy dropped the ball. Um, finally oh, got yeah, mad. Darius Tony finally got mad, which is they've but they still have an elite defense. One of the first years they've had a really good defense with uh, Patrick Mahomes. It's it's pretty scary that even in a down year, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes lost thirty seven yards, twenty five touchdowns, and completing 67 percent of his passes. Um, and has a 93.2 pass rating. It's unbelievable. That's a down year. Um, that really shows. That really goes to show you that Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest to ever play. Um, it's absolutely. I, I mean, I if I at the end of his career, I'd take him over Peyton Manning. I, I would honestly. I don't know if you would, but look, I, I even right now his, his numbers are just ridiculous. So um, Peyton Manning can can move, and he wasn't as mobile as Patrick. And, Mahomes. He's had, and he's, he doesn't have the ability. Patrick Patrick's got two Super Bowls too. Um, so Patrick Holmes is one of the greatest to ever play. Uh, that I mean, there's just not really that much to talk about. It, New England's a dumpster fire. They're gonna get rid of Bill Belichick after next year. Um, maybe they'll get a. Caleb Williams are one of those quarterbacks, but they're still they're so depleted on the offensive side of the ball. Like they have their defense is pretty good. You know, but... They have I mean they have even less than the Jets. I mean, which is pretty scary. They have no building blocks on offense. They're gonna really have they're gonna have to have a GM and they're gonna have to have a coach and GM 
just completely overhaul that offense. Um, so. Isn't it going to be funny, Hayden, how the Jets will finally probably beat the Patriots? They'll finally end the uh, 50 give, game winning streak. They'll give them like the, the next generation, which is what the Jets do. It's even in the good, <laughs> even in, even. Even in the jet, even in the good, they they somehow ma- managed to make it bad. So they give them like Caleb Williams or Drake Mayer, who end up being like the next Tom Brady, knowing the Jets. Oh, Hayden, so, I can I will I will. So, tune um, in to I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a cynic, but um, yeah. <laughs> At least you got the Yankees. Yeah. Um, the Rams and the t- Rams and the Commanders played each other, and the Rams continue to stay in the in the NFC playoff race with Matthew Stafford playing another stellar game. Cooper Cup and Puka going on. Kieran Williams, um, probably the ultimate factor with 153 yards and 27 carries. Um, this Rams team. Really, really something. I think this Rams team has at least shown that Sean Mc, Sean McVay is more than just a coach who'll have stellar players. He hasn't had that much of a roster coming into it. A lot of players who have evolved into something. Um, this is a solid win for the Rams as they have um, three more, three big games coming left to make a push. They have a real good chance to make a push in the final three games of the year. I mean, they got a critical game on Thursday versus New Orleans. Um, but, I mean, LA Rams have been explosive on offense. Got to give them got to give them a lot of credit. Kyron Williams, um, they probably have – they could have one of the comeback players of the year, Matthew Stafford, this season. He's a legitimate candidate. Um, in 13 games, um, you know, Matthew Stafford has 3,200 yards, 20 t- 21 touchdowns and nine picks. He's been really good, actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, that trade, I think the – the Rams and the Lions actually between both getting one got Matthew Stafford and one got uh, Jared Goff. It's worked out really well for both teams. Both guys have been, have been really good. One of the um, great trades of our time. Uh, we love talking about they've, that. They've, they've been really good. Um, the Rams got a Super Bowl with, with Matthew Stafford in that one year. Um, Jared Goff's leading the, 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 the Lions that are first division title since 93. This season could. Um, so they've both been really good. Um, I mean, yeah, the Rams are a tough team to play. Um, I think next week, I, I, I don't really see them beating New Orleans. I don't. I think New Orleans is a really good defense. Um, but, I mean, that being said, when you have Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, um, Cooper Cup, I mean, they're going to produce some points. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. But that's going to be the game, uh, one of the games for the playoffs on Thursday night, uh, a really good game. But, I mean, I'm per- I think New Orleans is a, little, a slightly bit better defensively than, than the Rams. I, I'm going to take New Orleans in that game. Um, and then they have to play the, the 49ers at the end of the year. So it's going to be a tough road for them. Um, but, I mean, you got a huge game coming up Thursday, so we'll see. That's all That's all I really have to say about this game. Um, the commanders are in disarray. They're going to fire around Rivera at the end of the year. We'll see what happens with Biennemi. Um, I think if, if anyone looking at Biennemi, I, I don't really understand the reluctance to put him as a head coach. I think he's got great leadership skills. I mean, I think the commanders are a soft organization. They don't like his coaching tactics. I mean, you, you're, you haven't, you've won one playoff game since like 1999. I mean, you have to change what you're doing. And Sam Howe can, I think, can be they've developed been, into a good quarterback. They've been a horrendous organization. They've been worse than the Jets. The commanders have been a horrendous organization. So I, mean, I think I, they need change. Like they need someone to push them a little bit. <laughs> like that's just a, when you're, when you're really bad. I mean, you're, you're so used to losing, like, you know, it's, it's sad. It's it's really sad. The the state of the commanders. They they've only won one playoff. I want to say they've only won one playoff game since 1999. Yeah, they, we've known that their last five years in particular one, have been. They've a won miss. one. They've won one or two. 
Um, they want to they want a playoff game in 2005. I know that for a fact. And then the last time the last time that was, that was the last game, time they won a playoff game 2005. They need a new stadium. Obviously, they have new ownership. Um, whole, and it seems like it's a culture change that hopefully is yeah, about they, to begin. If they've won two playoff games since 99, 99 and, and 2005. So that's just a state of the organization. When you haven't when you've been so bad for so long, people get you know like accustomed to failure and they you know that they want to keep their same ways which they needed someone to challenge them so i mean right. i you know i think they really need to to change it up and i think they need to the enemy needs to the enemy needs to get out of there desperately um i think they've shown some encouragement and they've shown some good signs with um uh harrison blitzer the new ownership group is starting to improve the organization but they have to change fedex field they probably have to get a new location for that um, the fan base has really died down because that used to be like one of the most loyal fan bases in, in the NFL. Um, and they've just really had it with ownership. So, I mean, and rightfully so. That's, that's really sad because that used to be one of the most proudest teams in, in America in the 90s. And it's just so sad what that organization has turned into. So, I, re- I really want to see them get back to their, their glory days because it's As- good for when, when the commanders are good. Well, I can't say I do because they're in my team's division, but for the sake of the NFL, it would be nice to have a classic franchise like that be good again. Um, No bias aside. And then why don't we end it with Sunday night's Baltimore Ravens victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars where Jacksonville rides high and uh, sorry, where Baltimore rides high against Jacksonville. They uh, had many mistakes throughout the game, but, and the Baltimore Ravens took advantage with a mixture of Lamar Jackson staying cool, calm, and composed, and their running game being a top one in this league. What do you get get out of this game? I mean, listen, I, I'm going to say it right now. My MVP is Lamar Jackson. That's who I would pick as, as the MVP. I would go in, in my rankings. I go Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Purdy. That would be my top three. Um, I think Lamar has been tremendous. Um, if you just look at the off-script plays he makes, how he can develop, um, he's just an absolutely impossible guy to tackle. There's just no way. There's literally no way to guard him. I mean, his rushing, his throwing. I mean, Lamar Jackson as a passer is probably one of the most underrated passers of his generation. He's, he's a really good passer. So, I mean, I, I know people we've had come on this show say they don't agree that Lamar Jackson's a good passer. I, I completely disagree with that theory. I think he's extremely accurate. Um, I think he takes care of the ball for the most part. Um, he's actually 19 and one versus the rest of the NFC, which is staggering. Um, so yeah, I think this game showed showcased Lamar's greatness. Um, another quarterback that I don't feel like gets enough criticism is Trevor Lawrence. Um, this guy was being hailed as the next John Elway, um, the greatest prospect ever coming out since Andrew Luck, and he's been good. Not to say he's been bad, um, but I mean he has not been the generational talent that everyone said he was going to be. So I think he was. Not a bust, but a little bit of a disappointment in how his career has played out so far. And I think he deserves a lot of criticism for how how that's actually transpired. Um, I don't know your take on that, but I mean, if you know. (laughs) I feel like Trevor Lawrence has been a good game manager. And, you know, he was somebody at least he, he does seem to be at least a good leader. And he does have a playoff window under his belt. And. I think he has some solid weapons in a Christian Kirk. Evan Ingram has turned out to be the tight end that the Giants wish he wound up being. So I do see here and there as he become the, you know, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes level that he was touted out to be. No, not really. Um, 
And he, I mean, I give him credit. He's been durable until this ankle injury. And then even after the ankle injury, he still played last week. I mean, he had beat, got beat down and got a few picks in there. But um, I feel that for whatever reason, Trevor Lawrence definitely has gotten in the past compared to like some other quarterbacks with higher expectations. But I do see your point, and it's fair to say he should be better for what he was touted yeah, he, up to be. He should be getting more criticism than what he gets. He's gotten a yeah. lot of the past, like I – they exactly. The, the media has not been as tough. Like I, they've been really tough on Daniel Jones. Like, I, oh yeah. Well, Texas plays in New York. It's. I mean, it's also different playing in Jacksonville than it is playing in New York. But like, if you're going to give Daniel Jones a lot of the same credit, um, you have to. You have to look at like a guy like, um, you know. You have to look at uh, a guy like Trevor Lawrence and be like, is this guy really what we thought he was? Like, he deserves a lot more criticism than what he's getting. Yeah, and I don't know if the combination. I mean, oh, he did have some bad coaching to start it off. It's better he has a better influence and Doug Peterson being um, leading him on as a former, as a quarterbacks, uh, as an NFL coach, a former quarterbacks coach, as a good thing. But yeah, I think he's definitely gotten a pass, and only time will tell if he, you know, this division shouldn't be as close fundamentally as it has been with Houston and uh, and the Colts catching up to them. But um, I do think um, Trevor Lawrence does need to step it up a little more. And, you know, be nice if he could get an all-pro in there and maybe some Pro Bowls. I don't think he's been in the Pro Bowl yet, right? Yeah, yeah, he made it last year. He didn't make it last year, excuse me. But he can at least get an all-conference, so um, an all-pro an all-pro nod. But um, – yeah, uh, we'll we'll ultimately see where that hap- where that all lies. But why don't we do our picks for the week? As we mentioned, we're going to pick an upset of the week. We pick a lock, and then we pick a um, we pick an upset, a lock, and a why am I blanking? Um, geez, excuse me, everybody. And a game of the week. So we pick we pick a game of the week, an upset, and a lock. So Hayden, why don't we start with the lock? Out of your matchups on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for week sixteen, tell me what you think is going to be a lock. I mean, I'll give you I'll give you my lock of the week. Uh, uh, I got the the Bills over the Chargers as my lock. The Bills over the Chargers. Okay. Right now that spread is Buffalo opening at minus eleven and a half. On the day before Christmas Eve on Saturday night. All right. Um, I mean, my upset of the week. I mean, this is it's a tough one. I actually, I don't really think there's too, there's too many games where I'm like, what this team is really lopsided in any of the games they play. Um, so I mean, I'll, I'll give you one right now. I'll, I'll take I'll take the Panthers to beat the the Packers. That's my All upset. right. Green Bay's opening at minus five on the road on Christmas Eve. Okay, okay, I like that. And what do you think is going to be your game of the week? Uh, game of the week? Um, this is a tough one. There's a lot of good games this week. You know, I'm, I'm kind of liking that uh, Jaguars-Bucks game. I think that's going to be a really yeah, that's going to be a battle. And I mean, um, I, there's there's other teams with there's other teams who may be better, like the Cowboys and the Dolphins, or and then, then the uh, 
49ers and Ravens are probably two games with better teams, but I think that's going to be a really good game actually too. The Buccaneers and the Jaguars, two in-state teams. Um, so that'll be my game of the week. That's the, the game I'm actually most excited to looking forward to watching. Excellent stuff, Hayden. So my lock of the week is going to be the New York Jets getting a victory over the Washington Commanders, oh, yeah. and I'll explain why. I think that the Jets can, can with, you know, we'll first take away the, let's take away the emotion out. The team's out of it, and it would be a typical Jets fashion to get a solid win as three-point favorites over Washington, the game that you will be attending on Christmas Eve. And with a Washington team that has, and with the defense, with a defense that has a line that can make it push and pressure Sam Howell and the commander's defense offense, which has been pressured all year long. I think the jets will obviously get the victory because of the defensive pressure for our upset of the week. I am going to go with the, I excuse me for our upset of the week. We're going to have the giants play. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, if only that that'd be that'd be something else if that was the case. But no, I'm going to go with our upset being the Pittsburgh Steelers getting defeating Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday. I think that the upset can happen because I think that putting Mason Rudolph in as a new quarterback change. I think even if things are dwindling in the locker room in Pittsburgh that maybe that could happen, could not. I think that the, despite that, I think Mason Rudolph can come back. He's proven he can win in this league before. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals defense isn't as dominant as it should be. And I think that they can end the Bengals winning streak and get a victory. And your game of the week is no doubt Christmas Eve, eight fifteen. You have the Baltimore Ravens playing against the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco is opening at minus five and a half. So an interesting spread there. But I do think that two top teams in the AFC and the NFC, two number one seeds going at each other um, on a big holiday like that, where you have Christian McCaffrey going up against a very stellar Ravens defense. I think that Christian McCaffrey still could get 100 yards passing and rushing together. On top of that, you have Lamar Jackson, who's been playing well against that stellar um, San Francisco 49ers defense. I think it's going to go down to the wire. I would go with Baltimore at plus five and a half. I think that would be a lock in terms of your bets this week. But I do think San Francisco can edge it at home and win it by a field goal. I mean, another game that's going to be sneaky that people aren't, I, I didn't really put out. I think another upset that could happen would be the Raiders over the Chiefs. The Raiders play the Chiefs usually pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, I the the Chiefs, 10 point spread is. That's a game I was considering for my upset of the week, but I'll stick with my pick. All right. Good stuff. And again, wouldn't it be funny if the Christmas, the Italian boy on Christmas in Philly could get a victory on Christmas? afternoon at 4 30 the in the afternoon and uh get a win against the St- eagles that is no shot happening but it'd be nice it would be nice but hayden that will wrap up our conversation for this week i will see you next week and excellent stuff as always yeah sounds good sounds good it was a pleasure being here Pleasure is mine as well. Thank you, Hayden Nadler. We will see you soon. Oh, wait, 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 wait. While I have you here, just for the record, I know we are about 
a week and a half since this happened. Just quickly on baseball, what do you think about Juan Soto becoming the Yankees left fielder at the moment? I mean, I'm excited about it. The Yankees finally went big, and it's awesome for the franchise to see they're moving in the right direction. Yankees going to get Yamamoto. I hope. We'll see. I hope so, too. All right, Hayden, we'll see you soon. All right, sounds good. This is a very productive conversation. Great work, Hayden. Great, great job. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on our podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms or on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, X and Twitter at ProcovalPod, or on TikTok at Productive Conversations, and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So this will be our only show this week, our last show before Christmas. So I want to say for everybody who celebrates Christmas, May you have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Please appreciate every second you are with your friends and family, especially your family on this holiday season. And don't forget what this season is all about. We'll be back on Wednesday with another NFL Productive Conversation, episode 299. And then we have our big 300th episode at the end of the week that'll wrap up 2023. That'll be our 300th episode and as we head into 2024 with a whole new chapter a brand new year and a new era of greatness for this podcast quality content and most important growth as we expand the productive nation as we do whatever we can to get to the next level and then we expand even more once we get there so let's enjoy the rest of this time together and let's end the year off right I want to thank Hayden Nather for his contributions to the show today. I want to thank Alex Jesus, a.k.a. Doloren, for what he does behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world who support us no matter what, who is always there for us, and who is the very best audience a podcast can have. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Don't forget to check in on your friends and family, and I'll be seeing you all next week. Merry Christmas, and have a wonderful holiday season see you next week everybody peace